0: Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn and I'm Jill Huffman and today we're sitting down with someone who has taken the building of dollhouse to an expert level in a short amount of time. She's gained tremendous popularity online and for good reason i am so excited to sit down with her we all know my love of miniatures welcome to the show lauren dodge of southern gothic
1: dollhouse hi y'all y'all are so sweet to say that (laughs) we like to
2: build you up because we're excited yeah
1: well i appreciate it yeah and
2: i would i
0: first i said this to you on instagram the other day i came across your dollhouse on surprise tiktok nobody here is surprised that i saw it on tiktok because that's where i'm at all the time I saw it and I sat up in bed and I was like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" And then it was like, literally, Jill came over and I was like, "Look at this!" And whoever was in my chair, because uh, I'm a hairdresser, I <laughs> was like, "Look at this dollhouse." And then there would be some people I'd be like, "Oh my god, I found this dollhouse on TikTok!" And somebody on the other end of the salon would go, "Is it the Southern Gothic one?"
1: Stop it right now!
0: <laughs> All the way in Idaho, baby, you've made it,
1: <laughs> girlfriend. I am just a girl in her underwear making a dollhouse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is the best. And you know, and
1: I just got on a TikTok too and I thought for a while it's like, oh, this is a Gen Z thing. Like I don't know if I'm I'm cool enough for this generation. And uh I love TikTok. The algos are just so cool. Like um all the there's so many creators on TikTok that just make me bust out laughing every day. I freaking yeah. love. Them.
0: Yeah. It's my daily several dose of serotonin. Yeah, and it's—I <laughs> highly encourage everybody to get on it because it—it yeah. really is. It's incredible the algorithm that they have dialed in over there yeah. is award-winning. And it's such a
1: positive community too. I find it really um, is. the algo, at least that I've walked into, there's so many like just kind. Uh, kind sweet people who just want to lift each other up, and I, I love. that. I never really I, I see it in some social medias, but not very often. So no, yeah.
0: not like that. It's very cool, and you it's deserved on your sense because your TikTok is really popular. I mean, and how fast did it grow in popularity? I don't want to spend all the time on your TikTok, but I was curious.
1: Yeah, um, so I I popped in a couple things, and um, and I got like a little a little traction. Like some people started commenting, and then I I I put a video up of um, what I was calling like a little depression sink, you know, <laughs> um, and I had video, like I, I, I'm still learning, you know, how I can do the TikToks, right, because mm-hmm. I'm still new, and it's like, oh, there's this like voiceover thing, I'm going to do a voiceover, so I'm like in my bed, like going to sleep, <laughs> and like my voice is like this, right, because I'm like going to sleep. <laughs> And, and I'm like, oh, yes, depression sink, you know, like it was the end of the day and I posted it and then it like got these like millions of views and it made me feel very anxious <laughs> for a second. Yeah. And then it just shot up. It was like overnight. Um, But, you know, I see that a lot, I think, with um with creators who um, TikTok from what I'm what I'm seeing is there are so many more um creators and then there are there's there's not enough creators on the platform right now there's a lot of people who are consuming and so it's a really great place for people who are um just making things uh to to get on there and to interact with people and to show off your art Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's very cool and i'm just i was stoked to find it but i want to so i want to back up a little bit into I, i was listening to that other podcast you sent me today and um I want to talk a little bit about your career and then your prior career, especially of set design. I have yeah. millions of questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long were you a set designer for? Or
1: well, well, girl, I was. I was never. So I wasn't a set designer. I studied set design when I was uh, in university. I went to Texas Christian University in, in Fort Worth before I transferred to UT in Austin, because that's where I'm from originally. Um, I met lots of great friends. The theater design program at TCU was stellar. The, um, the, the mentors that I had there were just incredible. Um, and so I, I was a paint grant. I, I managed the paint studio and I learned how to uh, mix paint by sight. So I can like if I look at a pigment, I'm able to like match it perfectly wow. and then also make gallons of the thing. Right. So I, I learned a lot of interesting techniques and in how to make things look like uh, wood grain. Like, how can I make wood grain out of paint? Um, and you know what I what I learned during that time is that because um, it you know it wasn't art school per se, it was a design school per se, but it was you know art and design. Um, and I was paying so much money because it's a private school, and I was learning these techniques. And I was like, wow, all of these techniques are really under lock and key. Um, And it's such a privilege to be able to learn these techniques Mm -hmm. because like it really is like anyone, everyone can be an artist. It's really in your technique and your taste. Um, And it really got me to think uh, around like and and how I like to approach my my Instagram account is to unlock all those techniques Mm -hmm. for people. Um, because it's really just not fair that if you if you um, have the money to go to these really expensive art schools that you're the only ones that are allowed or unable to mm-hmm. to see that. So um, I think that set design was a really cool space to explore because it you know I was thinking about lighting and how lighting uh, would um, affect the design of the space, um, how you can like set design versus um, interior design or like what it would actually look like is there there it's almost like a caricature mm-hmm. of what a space would be. And um and it's almost a character in in the play that um like depending on what you want to highlight at what point like you could really tell a story with just the space.
0: Yeah. I also come from a theater background. I did theater in high school cool. and I did some stuff before um I had my son And so I totally I it was and it's that brain function of being like, okay all of this stuff has to fit on the stage, but it all can't stand out on its own. Yeah. Like it what the first revolving set we had was in high school for Fiddler on the Roof because we needed a house to go in and out of. But we also needed it to just be open part of the stage and that kind of stuff. But I wanted to to touch on you saying like the industry secrets I can totally empathize with that I am a hairdresser by trade and there was a long time where it was like I'm not telling you my secrets because I don't want you to get to this level
1: yes and it's like
0: nobody can do what you do with the tools you Mm -hmm. have only you can do that
1: Absolutely. And actually I was, um, I was a freelance makeup artist. So I, like you and I would have gotten along like this, right? Because mm-hmm. the hairdresser I've always felt was like the sculptor and the, and you, the makeup artist was the painter. Um, so while I was, was, I did this in college to put myself through college, I learned that lesson of, um, you know, I really wanted to keep all of my, all of my techniques and my secrets under wraps. I was like, I want you to pay me for like the things that I'm able to give you. But I found the more that I just gave, mm-hmm. um, I felt everyone benefited from it. Mm-hmm. My business flourished more. Um, I was able to lift up other people who did amazing work. And, um, I feel like the giving is, uh, and focusing on the giving rather than like what you can get, it naturally just comes, you know, mm-hmm. because you invite this community, um, to support, everybody at each other and, and yourself that you place in that community. So I love that you're also on that, on that, uh, that track. That's really cool. Thank you. It's a little probably too aggressive at sometimes, but <laughs>
0: I was, I worked for a company for a long time and there was stuff that they'd be like, Okay, hey, we're going to teach you this, but don't teach it in a class. And yeah. I'm like, Fuck off. Why? I'm going to teach it in a class. And then, you know, there was just lots of hair. It's I think it's just in that industry alone and in any artistic industry, there's going yeah. to be people that are a little cancerous and you're just like, why are you doing this if you hate everybody so much?
1: Yeah, well, we're all like, and how like art, um, like historically, um, it was very a, a very male dominated field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only way to become like a, a respected artist was to apprentice under an artist before. And they were only going to, to choose another dude. Right. So historically women have been kind of on the outside of that. Um, And that can be reflected a little bit in how we do art school. Right. It's like you can you're only an artist if you're a part of if you mentored or if you've been under this mentor, if you studied under this person Uh, And everything else is considered to be, you know, like, you know, the rogue art that doesn't have any place. I find that to be bullshit. So
0: Same. I will agree with you. We've had somebody (laughs) on that was an art major and she worked in the art field in Houston at the Texas Art Museum, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. It's Laura Lee. But it was the same thing of like, uh, I was like, what classifies art? What classifies if somebody is like if a random person can do it, but we're going to go with the person that had the education and the mentorship and this, we're only going to take that seriously. And we're going to degrade this like that has no room. And the same thing rolls over into the vintage and antique community. Also, yeah. I hear from a lot of elder people about how millennials are whoever just don't give a shit. They don't do this. They don't do that. And I'm like, our entire listener base is millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. Like, don't tell us we don't give a shit.
2: I just want to be like, do you know millennials are like in their thirties, like yeah. they're not like little teenagers. Well, and it's just I think it's it's a I, I think
0: also that maybe it's a little bit of a patriarchal gatekeeping of like men have knowledge, women are just there, and that kind of stuff. And then if you're existing in a space that's primarily masculine, how could you possibly know anything about it and all of yeah. that cluster. Nonsense soup.
1: Yeah. Say no to gatekeeping, man. Just do your thing. And Mm. there's always going to be someone who's into it, you know? Yeah. Fuck fuck all the rest. That's That's right. Yeah. That's That's
2: That's that's our motto, actually.
1: Love it. Fuck (laughs) all the
2: rest. Put it on a shirt.
0: (laughs) Well, and I, I love that. I mean, designing is a part of your everyday life. You work as a lead designer for a company. You are constantly looking at the world through that categorical lens of what works, what doesn't work, what looks great here, what doesn't look great here. And you didn't start the dollhouse until quarantine, right? I didn't know. Yeah,
1: the dollhouse is definitely an in, indoor project because I had a, a lot of indoor. T- <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, we all yeah. did.
1: Yeah, and when you think about it, you know, like the the um, heiresses of yesteryear spent a lot of time inside, and a lot of them made dollhouses. So it really made a lot of sense. It's like if they, I feel like they were probably onto something. Those, yeah. Well, and they couldn't
0: do anything because, like, the early history of dollhouses or cabinet houses was yeah. to just have fancier shit in miniature form to show your friends. Like, yeah. they weren't for kids. It was just like what you. It's similar to what I'm doing now. <laughs> Look at all of my things that I have in this tiny place.
1: Uh, they fit actually very well in curio, right? Actually, a lot, a lot of um, personal. Um, collections that would be mem- or uh, museum grade, they would often also have dollhouses inside because they were truly works of art. They still are. Mm-hmm. But they were, they, uh, they were often made by um, really renowned furniture makers who would also make miniature things. Um, and yeah, the the history of dollhouses are is is extremely interesting. Yeah, um, and vast.
0: Yeah. It was a it's really a wormhole if you wanted to yeah. go down that. That you've already yeah. done part of it I did part of it <laughs> did you did you grow up with a dollhouse
1: was it ever in your ether so you know the first dollhouse I remember was actually in my childhood therapist's office I remember going in and being like you know it was the first dollhouse I had seen I was maybe six um you know like children of the 90s we all have ADHD and depression right so mm-hmm. I um I was so drawn to it and I was like what why do you have this in here and I remember her telling me um that she uses it for children uh, to be able to communicate like familial and friendship relationships in a way that they understand. And I was, I always thought that was so fascinating. Like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Cause I always thought a dollhouse was, you know, I, I think I had a, a Barbie dream house mm. that was, you know, it was plastic. Didn't have a lot of, um, uh, of, uh, detail to it, but you know, I got bored of it pretty quickly, and um, I thought it was interesting. But the, and the other dollhouse experience that I had had was several years ago. There was um, a dollhouse museum in Santa Monica called I think Angel Angel's Attic. Have mm-hmm. you heard of it?
0: I only we've heard of one in Sacramento. There's a dollhouse place in Sacramento, but I haven't heard of this one. No.
1: Girl, look this place up. So I was walking down an avenue in Santa Monica. I saw it. It was um, like an old Queen Anne style uh, house. And it said uh, Angel's Attic. And I was like, what is this? I walked in and there were dollhouses from the 1700s. There were dollhouses that had mahogany and um, like um, ivory, like ivory, actual ivory. And like, I mean, and hundreds of them. And I couldn't believe it. No one was in there. And the, and the only guy that was in there was the curator, and it—it it was a woman who, um, she her history. I think she was from like the really, really old, old, old money. I think her, um, her her family was in the, the like ne- turn of the century or eighteen hundreds furniture design, and so she had collected and amassed all of these dollhouses houses from her family for many, many years. And she he used to be a set designer for the Pantages Theater. Um, And she hired him to be the curator of her dollhouse museum that benefited autism um, in a a life-sized dollhouse. Um, And we sat and we had tea and he told me the history of all. It was the most incredible thing. And she passed away and they um, sold all of it off it's heartbreaking oh. but look it up look it up it's called angel's attic <laughs> it really took us all I know. the way it was incredible um so actually you know thinking about that and, and your love for collections um i'm so curious to know if y'all know about any dollhouse museums that people could go see
0: no um, but we're gonna put that out to the listeners if you know We'll put it out yeah. and be like, is there dollhouse museums or dollhouse places?
1: What are your favorite places? Because uh, I definitely would love to know. I want to see more in person.
0: Well, and that, yeah, that is incredible. Because they really, I didn't have dollhouses growing up. That just wasn't something we ever did. I oh, should, my mom's here. I'll ask her about it. Go, why didn't you get me a dollhouse? <laughs> yeah. But I... I can appreciate the curation and the design that goes into it. I think it's incredibly interesting that she was using that as a part of her technique to be like, "Show me how your family exists in a house without yeah. thinking that they were doing anything." Yeah, yeah, that's very brilliant.
1: Yeah. Well, and dollhouses, I think, like are kind of intrinsically, um, in in many ways, um, you know, reflecting things that that whoever's making them or whoever's playing with them. Um, how they see and I think that's why it's also kind of creepy sometimes mm-hmm. like if a little girls setting up some weird stuff in her dollhouse it's like something's not right <laughs> um, and and one of the reasons why I'm focusing on on something like southern the southern gothic genre uh, is because it, um, it it's a very nuanced genre generally um, it is typically dollhouses are are typically very um, like uh, floofy Floofy, like feminine thing, mm-hmm. um, which is for me is very strange. Um, but when I think of it, it's like it's uh, control of the domestic space, right? And how can you use this medium to, um, uh, and, and with the the preconceived ideas that we have of dollhouses and how it's supposed to be for like little girls, and you know, um, and then how can you kind of turn it turn it on its head and leverage that medium to explore things like being trapped, right? Yeah. If you think of being trapped in a dollhouse, like, no thanks. And I think I've I've read a lot of these scary stories that are like, what if you were miniaturized and trapped in this scary house? Honey,
0: I shrunk the kids, but in spooky (laughs) dollhouse, But in
2: scary times.
1: (laughs) Well, and I love, I think
0: too, just purely speculation, I think that your appreciation from this sounds like it comes from your grandfather who collected kind of stories and places and things that way. Because when I was reading through your early collections, I was like, this Is coming from somebody who just had like mystic in her life all the time. It seems like (laughs)
1: Uh, my grandfather, he uh, collected, or he was a photographer, right? And so uh, he would take a lot of photos of like he would get in his um, VW bus and like go up the California coast and take all these photos. Later on in his his life, and um, when when he when he was diagnosed with cancer, you could see this a very um, rigid. Like change in the direction of the things he was starting to photograph, and um, a lot I, I noticed a lot of it was documenting like man-made objects that were that were being uh, reclaimed by the earth, um, and that that decay of the of that object was, is really beautiful. Um, and it and in looking through those photos, it made me contemplate my like my own mortality, and mm. makes me feel um, very comfortable actually just knowing like you know all of this is it's just, it's a poof and that's fine. And that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and it, so I, I'm actually reflecting a lot of that in the dollhouse of, of the decay. Um, and what does that decay, what does that mean? Like, what is a life, um, what was the life that existed in it? Um, where in time does it exist now when we, when we see it and what things, you know, have been so old and have been there for a long time? What's the story that those things are telling? Um, and then how would we feel if it was just destroyed or burned mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, not to be too heavy with the dolls
0: <laughs> <laughs> no and i i do want to get into that with you too because yeah. so um all all of the beauty of it aside the the video that i came across that struck me was probably a video that didn't land on a lot of people really well and it was the portrait mm-hmm. in the library but not specifically that It was a lock of hair that you put behind it with a story.
1: And I was like,
0: she is our people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the story, please. Uh, So my husband and I, we live in San Francisco. So of course we can't afford any uh, real estate in San Francisco. So we bought our first house in uh, in Cape Cod. It's it's like a, an 1850s I think 1840s old old antique house that is near collapse. Uh, but we'd like to bring it to life, and um, and as as we're kind of designing and thinking through, um, I love the idea, and I'm thinking who who we might invite to stay there because we'd like to rent it out to um, to Airbnb while we can't be there. Um, I I love um, these. Um, like escape games, and I love the idea of like sending people through a story and living in a house. And I'd really like to take this dollhouse and hide it in a secret room, um, in in this house or maybe another if if we find a Victorian. <laughs> but um, the idea, I, I love the the puzzles um, that you can use to to drive people through a story. And when I think of like when I pass away, how can I teach my grandchildren and um and their grandchildren if it if it hangs out that long um about what we were going through because you know my coming from the south and like all this shit with Trump and like Mm -hmm. how can I really educate them on the history that so many people really want to to erase as you're seeing these days um through through some kind of story that can be visual and connected to other things so um, I've always loved the idea of being able to like go up into an attic and and find little love letters or find like and just mm-hmm. just sit in someone's, you know, like wonder who they were. Um, and so I know that you got to start that early if you're going to leave that behind. Yep. Um, and so putting little hidden treasures and and little games to find um. um heirlooms within the dollhouse and in the bigger house it'll be putting the dollhouse in it's going to be like a, a my masterpiece of leading him through an adventure. I think that that is incredible cuz the
0: whole the whole premise for, for this show was and I say it all the time was uh, I'm in an antique studies group with women that are like 50 plus years older than me and they're sharing these antiques with the group every third week and they're telling these stories from their childhood about their mothers and their grandmothers. And I realized that everybody in the room is going to die. And I'm the youngest one there who is going to have these stories. Yeah. And I was like, how do we keep these stories, these prophecies going? Yeah. Cause the internet is infinite now, right? We know that. Yeah. So I'm like, I where, like- where can we put all of these interesting people that exist in the world? Where can their stories exist in a place that truly appreciates them so that they don't, vanish and yeah. I because I am a huge like I love finding letters and I will be the first to buy a portrait and uh recipe cards and letters and weird things that the family probably would have just thrown away
1: yeah to just yeah. like
0: harbor and be like okay we're just gonna you're just gonna live with me for a little bit and we're gonna I'm gonna realize your history and talk about it
1: yeah you know I I, I, I talk to so many people especially and thinking of the dollhouse and using it as a medium again um, doll houses, I wasn't, you, you and I were not fortunate, all of us were not fortunate enough maybe to have one um, gifted to us by by our grandparents, um, but I've talked to so many people who um, have messaged me and said, you know, oh my gosh, I actually, I have a doll house that my grandma had given me and um, I'm super inspired to like to, to renovate it and, and um, give it to my own children or grandchildren. And a dollhouse really is is so that like the older ones, it really it stays in the family mm-hmm. for a really long time. Um, it's not something um, that people typically want to sell if they have really close ties with um, their their grandparents. And often, you know, it's it's, it's a grandmother to a grand uh, granddaughter. But obviously, I hope that evolves <laughs> and changes. Right. Um, dollhouse is for everybody.
0: Yeah, and um, to touch on that too, I was listening to other podcasts, and I would I was impressed with that of you being like dollhouses why do they have to be feminine like you were speaking of the two different sides of the coin and being like we've spent so much time telling uh, cisgender right men what we know is cisgender men and uh heteronormativity of being like okay this is the box you fit in this is the box you fit in and like i'm raising a son and i want him to explore everything yep yeah like my house is not the house to to, to fear coming out to me, to fear yeah. wearing nail polish, to fear wanting to do this yeah. or that or the other. The and neither gendered. is Jill's.
1: Yeah. Why is a house gendered? Why is the domestic mm-hmm. space gendered? Right. You know, why 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 is it that, you know, so often uh, women are expected to be the the project managers of a house? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's interesting, like looking at it through history and and my husband and I, he's so fantastic. He's such a badass feminist. And we have these conversations all the time because there's a lot of misogyny that we always need to peel back and explore. Um, And so I I think just, you know, as a woman um, and, you know, coming from my own background, which is a fairly typical, like, you know, Texas raised like background, um, I'm still every day peeling back that onion and um, I, I feel very fortunate to have a, a partner who is on my, um, in my court as I do that. Um, and I think the dollhouse for me then is also kind of like an exploration <laughs> and like like why is a fucking house like the- <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: oh, this godforsaken yeah. place i love yeah. you but stop
1: so going back it's therapy again my first therapist knew that a dollhouse was going to be therapy yeah. <laughs> look at her she's like
0: i told lauren a hundred years ago now look as she's finally listening to my advice well and yeah. i want to of course i want to talk about the dollhouse but i was also struck with your um ability to go okay like I know that this is a southern gothic dollhouse but I don't as a white person exist all the way in this space and I just Mm -hmm. not that you need commending right and it's the work we all have to do but great job on being cognizant of that first of all and because I wondered about it until I listened to that episode because I was like oh that is some muddy water sometimes to get into because there is there are two parts Mm -hmm. of history that the south wants taught Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah, that's very true.
0: You know, and I think keeping that alive inside of the house and and doing that research is incredible to do that, well, to learn. Know,
1: Southern Gothic. So um, how I kind of got into this, like, it was very piecemeal. And I, and I want to set some context because I would really love to talk about this topic because it's very important. Um, you know, how I, how I was just I had noticed I had been reading a lot of Southern Gothic at the time. I really hadn't dived super deep into like what they consider the greats. Um, and when I, when I, and by the greats, I mean, you know, like, um, um, Flannery O'Connor and she's, um, and it, when I was really looking into like, well, who are the classics? Um, they're all white. Um, I mean, Flannery O'Connor was one of the few females that, that was doing it. It's mostly like, you know, m- middle-aged white dudes, um. Um, and there's a little bit of romanticism about it, although it's like the first time that you really see from like Southern authors that are, are starting to kind of use devices to to challenge a lot of these norms that they find are, you know, probably not the best, which they were right in that case. Um, but then you have Toni Morrison coming up and she starts using the same devices that a lot of these middle aged white, white dudes were using to still kind of romanticize the South to use it um to to flip it on its head and to and to use her voice in the same medium that they were doing which is i'm sorry i'm getting goosebumps It's it's so badass it's Mm -hmm. so badass and um you know i i crave to read more southern gothic just because i love the genre generally um but from um you know a a black perspective Mm -hmm. and uh jordan peele who is in my top five right like um top five paul passes um big fan of the, the show i
0: know jordan peele turns it. in every week
1: <laughs> jordan peele is just like doing the coolest shit to horror, the horror genre yeah and, and and it's so important and like lovecraft country for example like oh my god And i felt like he did a very similar thing that tony morrison was doing it was like mm-hmm. using like an HP lovecraft but like injected like his spirit um into it and we're all better for that so i want to see more of that i think it's really cool and important and uh Southern Gothic. I would really love to see reclaimed um, by uh, the Black community. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is my only personal wish. I um, but it's it's as a white artist, it I do need to find my my swim lane, and I've been doing a lot of work in that. Um, and I'm not. I'm definitely not looking um, to be pat on the back because it is work we literally all need to be doing. Right. Um, But I feel like I have been and I'm so grateful for this community that has been so open um, with helping uh, teach me through being very honest and authentic with me and making me feel I have a a safe space where I can be vulnerable and my own growth in that area. Uh, But I've done a lot of learning and I've got a lot of links if y'all if you um, are listening and are a white artist who is. Trying to explore what your lane might be, and we really do need to not shy away from things like race in our in our art because it's too hard um, or too scary to explore. It is our our job to do it. Um, There are lots of resources to to help you uh, navigate that. So yeah, will for sure,
0: whatever you send, we'll throw up on to the website because we think that's just as important. Also, here is being aware of your your space. And the knowledge that you need to do, and the work you need to do as a person, and that it is nobody's responsibility to teach you that. Um, it is your work to do on your own. Mm-hmm.
1: Indeed, and um, on top of that as well, um, the LGBTQ like queer community um, is is similarly positioned in Southern Gothic literature as well. Um, you know, it's it's, a, it's a, there are lots of crossroads and and othering that occurs in mm-hmm. Southern Gothic. Um, and there are some really beautiful characters that are depicted in such a way that uh, we should definitely explore. But um, while I do this work, you know, and I think about the communities that I'm, I'm, I'm exploring, um, I really am I'm mostly interested in trying to support a lot of these communities because as a bi woman coming from the South, it, in, in, in the 90s, early 2000s, it, it's not easy to, to be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of artists and a lot of people who still live in the South um, who don't feel like they can be their authentic self because of the community that is around them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important for us to support them and to, and to understand where they're coming from. A, a yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've if
0: listened long enough to the show, you should know what the Mothball Prophecies ideals are. And that's equality, racial justice, LGBTQIA plus rights deserve to be across the ward. Like (laughs) all of the things. If you think that Jill and I are not raging feminists. you Oh, no, I can can tell, girl. I love it. Like not you in general. But I mean, like if somebody's made it this far into the podcast and thinks we're like, holy shit, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, asshole. That's what I'm about. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and I wanted to say, too, because we have a similar thing here. Is the area we live in is so conservative and it is primarily dominated by one religion that is very conservative, which is the LDS church. And the suicide rate in our area for gay and queer youth is astronomical. It's devastating. And if anybody listening here and is in that area of your life, this is a safe space. Where are your moms now? Oh,
2: yeah. I always, I tell my kids. I, they know 100% that, you know, they can mm-hmm. talk to me about anything. And I've told them, I said, you have friends, they get kicked out for whatever reason, you tell them to come on over. Mm-hmm. I said, right. I have a bed, I have food, and yep. I have a roof for them. Yeah. yeah. Because that's bullshit. Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm living in this bubble because I live in San Francisco now. Like, Because, like, everyone, like, flees to places, like, San Francisco, like, to mm-hmm. be up, like, away from that. Um, and you know, I, I think one of the reasons why I'm doing this kind of work is because, like, I know this shit still exists and I mm. see it everywhere. And, like, in the social media bubbles that we create for ourselves, like, I feel very insulated from it. And, like, in my perspective, I'm like, oh, I feel like everything's getting better yeah. just because the out show me the world that I want to see. Um, but stories like this, um, thank you for sharing with me because it, it – And another thing I do want to ask you about because uh, y'all live in, in the Midwest, right? Um, yeah, in the Northwest. Northwest. In the north.
2: Yeah, it's okay. It, it's okay. Nobody I, knows where we, we Idaho go. is. <laughs> I didn't even um, know when I moved here.
1: The um, the south, so I've, I've, I've chat with a lot of folks, like, um, you know, people who live in the south now and who have um, ancestry in the south. And um, I feel like the south can oftentimes get pinned for a lot of stuff that goes on throughout the fucking mm-hmm. U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, for just because of this idea that we have of them. And it's it's hard because you don't want to shake things that are true. Um, but how can we shed light on other areas that, you know, it's not just in this one little strip, mm-hmm. it's it's pervasive kind
0: of yeah. everywhere. And I, I think I lost the um, fear of making somebody mad in the last year. My give a fuck went right out the window. And now I just actively challenge people and their shitty ideas because, and I told, I have a client that's black and I said to her, I'm going to be the loudest white person in a room when you can't mm-hmm. be there.
1: Good. Because.
0: Yeah. People are saying things in safety because they know it's wrong yeah, and they refuse to learn and it's, and it's, it doesn't, it doesn't deserve a safe space anymore.
2: Well, no, I mean, and it's funny too, because people think because I live here that I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I get it all the time, Mm -hmm. like all the time. And it's just to the point where it's just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. If you're going to be rude and ignorant to me, I'll be rude and ignorant right back. Yeah, because you're you are like trying to belittle me. No, Mm -hmm. that's not gonna happen. I'm 41 fucking years old. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, Mm -hmm. and And I'm gonna put you in your place because there's no. I don't have like. I'm not teaching my children to, like, let this happen. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so and it's scary for me sometimes with my kids, because I have to tell them like, okay. You have to kind of tiptoe through things, but I still want you to be yourselves. Yeah. It's so hard in this area. Yeah.
1: It is. I'm sorry that y'all have are dealing with that stuff right now. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Well, and Jill's it like was, uh, Jill's
0: race was never pulled into conversation until the Trump presidency at work. Yeah.
1: You yeah. you're, you're experiencing racism firsthand right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I kind of did throughout my life. I mean, I'm um half Hawaiian Filipino. Yeah. And so um like little things here and there i would just kind of like play it off and i have a friend and she um is hispanic we would get all the time where are you guys from yeah like i'm from here where are you from
1: yeah
2: and uh it no but where are you from from yeah and we (laughs) would get that and i'd be like yeah okay i'm from washington state like that's where i was born where were you born or i'll get your english is so good where did you learn it
1: gross mm-hmm. these microaggressions are
2: just so icky. I'm like, it's just
0: stupid okay <laughs> let's segue back because we only have you for a little bit longer
1: all right oh so in
0: the hair world it's just something i'm trying to do better but i want to talk about yeah. the design of the dollhouse now that we've covered yeah. the, the most important bits of it right i want right. to know about where you're pulling like your references from what are you looking at like are you being what period is the dollhouse in first yeah. of all
1: okay so I feel like the dollhouse is like kind of, it's so scattered and I'm like finding patterns and I'm bringing them all together and I'm putting like rails on my stuff. So like how I started it was like, you know, I'll, I'll segue into that a little bit. So I, um, this, this, um, this artist called Lady Delaney, she lives in New Orleans and she makes the most incredible uh, miniatures that are a little bit spooky, a little bit Southern. She super inspired me to get in all this because I was on Etsy. And I found and I'm really into like the odd oddity curio thing. I found a little um, curio cabinet mini DIY mm-hmm. um, that she had like all these kits and all the things. And it's so, like I got I was like, oh, this is so fun. It's like, oh, I want to make a curio kit of all the like, curio kits. <laughs> and, um, she is my people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, that's so cool. I have a mini mini curio in my curio. And then I was day drinking one day and I was like, what if I had a whole house of curio and I, I bought um, a dollhouse on a whim. Um, and so that's how it, that's how I got got this originally. And then, um, you know, I do a lot of Halloween party planning and, you know, knowing that you, you got to theme your shit to to put some rails on it. And I had been reading a lot of uh, Southern Gothic books and then Lady Delaney inspired me because of her little spooky worlds um and so I was thinking like well h- how could I make some of these rooms like what is the the general story and how it developed is um you know each room uh, has is is drawing from like a major theme or major major like uh, imagery that I, I I love from one of the books that I just can't get enough of so um like Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn oh, uh, I don't want to ruin book. anything but you know that yeah that chapter like that's <laughs> That's a big one. Um, <gasps>
0: <laughs> I, it just clicked. If you've listened to the book, <laughs> I was wondering why you were asking for that very specific detail. I'll tell you after Jill. I'm not ruining it for anybody. I, uh,
1: I'll, I'll say it exists and they are real and it <laughs> is in the bathroom. Incredible. And, you know, I, it's just, so I, I put some videos up and I can show you what that looks like. Um, And then like the kitchen, um, you know, I've been doing some like academic read, like, or study, academic study on like Southern Gothic themes and stuff. And the kitchen for me is, is really like such like the domestic space that women are, are in. So I'm exploring like what that looks like. Um, but I'm drawing also from a book called The Elementals by Michael McDowell, where uh, one of the haunted houses uh, in that book is situated up against a sand dune. And the sand dune is just enveloping it. And I was like, God, that's like, when you read a book, and you get to the end and you're like, that's so fucking cool. Uh, I go on Google because I can't like I'm like, I need more. I need like to see, have artists like yeah, the same it.
0: person. That's why Jill's got that look on her face.
1: Yeah. And so like I saw like people like made maps of it. And I was like, that's cool. But I want to see what this would look like. And I didn't see any. So I was like, I'm going to make <laughs> what this might look like. <laughs> yes. So fucking cool. So I'm making the kitchen, like, be consumed by a sand dune, which goes very well with a woman's feeling of overwhelm in the domestic kitchen space. Um, But so generally, like, I've also talked to a few uh, authors who – I've I've found actually use like one of one of which has used miniatures to world build uh, when when he he makes some of these stories
0: world building in miniatures is like also very like Dungeons and Dragons magic the gathering and that's so cool that that, (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, I love that I love it and like and I have this like this dream I want to retire and I would love to like write some like why not or who fucking knows when you're like, you know, retired and do your stuff. <laughs> um, but it has been like such a really cool, like I, I think very literally. And I have these, um, these ideas from the books that I've read, but then I also want like a through line in the house. Um, so it makes sense. And so, um, like I'm envisioning this woman who lives there, who is mostly based off of a rose for Emily, if you've read the short story. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, very briefly, uh, this woman who who um, is like old Southern, uh, old Southern lady who um, is a bit of a, a, a crone, I guess, like, because she never, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, hell yeah. Crone. Uh, so, so she never, she never married. And then after like, there's like this guy that kind of hung out uh, for a while, but then disappeared and then no one ever saw her for a while. They smelled something funny coming from her house, but then they never saw her and they all had all these whispers and, and when she finally passed away, they went into the house for the first time, and this is kind of how I envision it. You walk. What would this house look like if it's been shut, shuttered, uh-huh. like Boo Radley style for years, and you haven't seen? Um, and then they went into a room and found his corpse in her bed, and a single iron gray hair next to it, suggesting that she's been sleeping next to the body of her of her unrequited lover for many, 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 many years, um, and like kind of slowly going insane. Um, so that would be like the heart of the, of the vibe. Um, and then I think through all these other stories and like, well, what, o- what other things have happened? Mm-hmm. Like she had a daughter. Um, so her room I'll be boarding up because she, uh, kills her. Uh, you, and you can put as many of this into this <laughs> in the podcast. I love, as it, I, love it, it, I love it. I love it. I love it. She, um, like very similar to like sharp objects kills her via Munchausen's right. Um, mm-hmm. she, her daughter tried to, leave flee when she was about 14. So she married like an older man, but came home and her mother killed her to keep her. Um, And so she's been learning some hoodoo voodoo, bastardizing it as as one might uh, imagine a white woman of the 30s uh, to do, um, to try to keep her, her spirit in the house. So there will be a completely um, blocked off room that you won't be able to see. It will be her daughter's room unless you figure out a puzzle and then you can look through a little eyepiece. Um, God damn it! Lauren. the, God the damn it. haunted mirror is where um, I'm working with an artist right now. It's fucking amazing. Who's making um, uh, an animation to show her daughter's spirit behind. Is that the mirror? Her mirror oh, fucking yeah
0: me. i'll show you jill i am not an animator
1: buddy but other people are so um on that on that note too there is a lot of art and a lot of um of detail that i am not making that a lot of other artists are um I'm, I'm commissioning or are very kindly contributing to the house um and so my goal is to have you know the story well the history get all these you know floofy things that i have in my head into into a book um with all of that and then leave it behind for for whoever wants to to go through it when they go through the bigger house to find the dollhouse.
2: That's incredible. That is like amazing. Like I'm speechless. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And I
0: didn't want to like ask you about like all the different rooms because there's you've hashed that so many times and you've done that and it's all over. You could really find it on TikTok or YouTube with some previous yeah. interviews that you've done. But I wanted to know – specifically what your favorite piece in the house is that you made so Mm. far.
1: Ooh, um let me think about that that I made. I I'm really proud of my fucking parquet flooring. It's really very, proud. very good. <laughs> um, mostly because it took forever, right? And it, 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 you need to be really precise. And I'm not a precise artist. I'm very like, <laughs> it. it's a vibe. Um, but I, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of that, I think I would say. Um, and then the uh, my piano. Um, and I can show you after this, but the piano Um, I was super proud that I made that from scratch, but the library itself is all wood detail. Um, And I'm proud of that. Yeah, Yeah, I did that. I just started this shit. (laughs) I don't know what I'm
0: doing. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of how you do
1: everything, right? Yeah, uh, you gotta start
2: somewhere. You started, and then you just like climbed up. Um,
0: Exhibit seven (laughs) hundred and forty-two. The podcast. I was like, oh, it's quarantine. I don't know how to do this. this. Let's do
1: it. Yeah, lot of indoor time, ladies. (laughs)
0: Lot. Well, for you guys.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Joe is at the
0: front line (laughs) as an LPN.
1: Wait, what?
2: I'm a nurse. And so I was oh, working. Oh my God, are the- you
1: serious? Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs>
2: oh, you're welcome.
1: That is incredible. <laughs> that is so fucking It's so incredible. weird
2: because us nurses are just like, we're so used to people just like pushing us. And now they come up to me hugging. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you hugging me? <laughs> you're badass. Need six <laughs> feet,
0: motherfucker. All the time. <laughs> in
2: and out of COVID. Just because I'm vaccinated doesn't mean I want to be hugged now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be a shirt. Just because I'm vaccinated doesn't mean I want your affection. <laughs> vaccinated, um, but I still hate people. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> my one of my favorite little details, and then we'll get into the estates I'll walk through, is in the bathroom on the vanity, like little shelf, are the teeny tiny little cigarettes with lipstick. Uh-
2: yeah, I, think Smaller showed than that. I probably yeah. did because li- I'm a neurotic sh- I'm idiot. Not, okay, I am not lying when I say that Sam lost her ever loving fucking mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you want me to send you some cigarettes? I all. I could that, girl. I'll
0: I literally a- just <laughs> felt like you proposed to me. My heart just sank. My nipples got a little hard.
1: <laughs> girl, I got you. You just let me know. I'll send you some. Oh my <laughs> God. We've made it we did it guys we did it 80 years
0: from now like what's your favorite gift you got these tiny
1: cigarettes from Lauren. incredible <laughs> all the cigarettes uh, yeah. yeah i love the idea of like you know just like getting ready in the mirror and like mm-hmm. you know yep. vibing with yourself and yeah yeah it's like a really special place the vanity in the bathroom you know
0: Oh yeah, yeah. been true. there as a former smoker. I had my vintage <laughs> yeah. vanity with my vintage ashtray with my right. lipstick stained. Yep, that's right. she's classy, guys. I just want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, after our little rant, let's get back to this fabulous dollhouse that you have. <laughs> I of course we've talked about some of the details I know we've talked about the bathroom. We've talked about the library. What is your, so a couple of things I want to talk about the design aspect of it. I know it's based in Southern Gothic, yeah. but I want to know like about your research of finding like area specific items to put inside of this house.
1: Oh yeah. So like the, the minis in the house, not the mm-hmm. architecture itself. Yeah, so when I'm thinking through, um, you know, the the era that, that this exists in and thinking about, like, the backstory behind the character, because, um, you know, we, it, the dollhouse is meant to be, like, as if you walk into it and someone has been there for so many years and no one has seen inside. Um, so, you know, knowing that it's also a really old house um, that's been in the family for a really long time, probably built in like mid-1800s, something like that, early to mid-1800s. And so she's going to have all of these antiques that have just been left to her over the years. So thinking through what, what some of those really special things might be. And then, um, you know, when she was younger, what, some, what are some of the things that she would would have had as a little girl that she wants to keep, that she's been wanting to keep to, to pass down? And then, you know, thinking through her life when she's maybe in her 20s, 30s, 40s, um, which is usually in, in, in our time when we, um, kind of get, get all of our adult things. We have our, our house, like how we kind of want it. And if we stay in the house for a while, people sometimes tend to get frozen in that time. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, I said it, I forget it. And so, um, so that era thinking it was probably in the like thirties and forties when she was at the prime of her life. And then thinking through the stuff that, you know, she might've had when she was older, and so what was, what is it like after all of those years, after the, these items have been aged around the time that they would have been aged. And then, um, you know, some things are harder for her to do. So um, she has like the toilet is an assist toilet, right. With the, uh, the handle. So you yeah. can kind of see elements of like where she is. She has a walker um, thinking through, like when I uh, went to the Winchester mystery house, something that really struck me was she had to, at some point, she got arthritis she had to level, she had to make all of the stairs like two inches high. And so all these stairs, so she could walk up the stairs and they, those look wild. I'm not doing that in this house, but I think through those things, what are some things that she'd probably have to have assist in? And then what are some of the areas of the house that she can just no longer get to and what, what's been going on with them? So all of that said, um, all of the elements in it are from all of those different eras. And I think through um how old they have to be and how used things are and maybe how dusty things are too because she's just not touching them so when I find these things and some of them I have commissioned like an example would be um the fridge and the fridge magnets right like so what era would these fridge magnets come from and like what what do little old ladies like to get like maybe in the 60s or those fruit magnets right yeah,
0: I'm thinking of my grandma's fridge
1: yeah right. and and when you see those, you just I think of my grandma's fridge, too. She had those fruit magnets everywhere. Um, so I commissioned um to have those done by an artist. Um, she goes by the Sleepy Mouse, Julia. She's in the Ukraine. She's an incredibly talented micro uh, miniaturist. so she does the tiny, tiny stuff. Oh my God. And oh my God, she just it they're they're so tiny, but they're so perfect. Um, and yeah, that's like just one little, example of trying to like freeze that time.
0: I just like I am going to look at your content so much differently now knowing like when you first come across it you think it's just you know you're just designing room by room but now that there's that much more detail to like zoom in on and see like Because my brain works in a very similar way of like, who would have this? What are they doing? Like, there's a story for everybody. And one of my favorite things about going to estate sales is trying to piece that puzzle piece together of like, okay, did they get this as a wedding present? Did they get this when somebody died? Was this their mom's? Was this their dad's? That is what an incredible amount of thought and reverence going into this character's home.
1: Thank you. I actually have a funny estate still story that is very yes. uh, perfect for this. So I also I'm I love estate sales so much. Uh, and when I lived in Austin, uh, I'm not able to go to them as much because I don't have an, as much space in San Francisco <laughs> to hoard that stuff. But I um I put, I got found myself on these short lists with these um, estate sale agents who would call me and be like and let me kind of look at the stuff before. And so love she that. had me through this one house. Um, it was like in this kind of older uh, wealthy area er, area that. Um, a lot of the older people living there were like during the LGB or um, the LBJ era, mm. you know? mm-hmm. so like that old Texas, but like a lot of taffeta and like some uh, like kind of that pinkish, you know, the Texas old lady stuff. And I just absolutely adored it. So I went there and I bought some stuff, and it was amazing. Um, but at that time, I was also getting a realtor's license, mostly because I just wanted to be able to go in these old homes, like. <laughs> just go check them out. And I remember going to that, that same house, not realizing it was the same house I had gone into, um, just a, a few weeks earlier to, um, to look at like for some buyers who are interested. And so all of the stuff was taken out of it. And it was just me and my mom, we were walking through it and, you know, I walked into the kitchen and I noticed that there were these, um, uh, wheelchair tracks that were like worn into the, wow. the kitchen and you can kind of see like okay well she was older um and she this is kind of the area that she stayed in right yeah and then like where she would sit there it was worn down she had a lot of um, like coffee mug um, like stains that because she was always there um and I like looked over to the at the door and I saw um, that her she had been tracking her children's height like uh, in the in the mm-hmm. door frame. I was like, that's really beautiful. And you start piecing the story together. And then I went to her bedroom um, and I found, um, I found a place, a discolored place on the floor that was very obviously a body stain. Oh, no. So like through all of those, and I was like, she probably fell out of bed and and she was alone. Oh, Um, my gosh. But through all of those, uh, those context clues. And I don't know if this is like, you know, really, truly what happened, but you, you get this picture of of somebody just like with the tracks that she has and the, mm-hmm. and so the, the items that I have of hers I've kept and they're more special to me, you oh. know, in that way. Cause sometimes when you go to the estate sales, um, and there are lots of things that are really personal yeah, that that you end up with. And you think about your own time when you have to go and you hope that people will treasure the things that you leave behind. So that yeah. was a really special one for me.
0: We, um, we've had somebody who runs estate sales on the show, And we asked her about like that process in general, because when I go to sales and when Joe goes to sales, it is, um, you're like walking through trying, you're like reverent, right? You're like, this was somebody's life. This is not just stuff that was like, you know, when you're at the goodwill and stuff, it's different because there's nobody attached to it. But we, we, I was surprised and also like so happy to know that the woman we had on linda she goes into the house by herself at first with none of her staff and she sits in each room and just lets the room speak to her about who the person was what their items are where the energies are and she just moves around the house that way the first day and gets a feel for the show, the the sale. so she knows who the home was and all of these beautiful things. And now that I have done this show and when we go to sales, I always try and ask the checkout people I go, "Hey, what did this person do for a living? Was it was it one person that lived here or two people that lived here? What was their story? And it's those are those are the things that like uh, an item that I have if it has a better story to it. It's gonna stay in my collection longer than something that could be, I don't know, worth a lot of money.
1: Absolutely. That's really beautiful. I love that she <sighs> takes the time to do that. That's that's really incredible because it really is such a feeling as well. Um, and to be connected to it and and to um, you know, when when we had purchased our house, we were trying to find everything we possibly could about it. Um, because it's it's now like yours to to mm-hmm. carry that memory on, you know, and that history on. And and I don't think there's anything too too big or too small to do that with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and her sales always feel different and everybody that goes to her sales seems like they just respect her process and it's really, it's really neat. That's really
1: special. That's really special.
0: And I love that. I love that you're aware of those things too. Um, I think some people just tend to overlook end of life stuff, right? When people get old and age and they are, they're in, they're in their own time capsule that nobody sees for a while. I worked in a retirement home while I was going through beauty school and the amount of stuff that some of these people would have in their rooms, that was all just their stories.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and how to capture that story too. Right. And and how can we honor that when I think of the dollhouse as well? So I'm, I'm having conversation with um, this girl. I think she's a, a, she, I think she's pretty young and she was asking me, uh, if I might be interested in this dollhouse lot because her grandmother was making a dollhouse, but wasn't able to finish it. Mm. And so we really started talking about it and she was like, no, actually, I think I I want, I want to be able to finish it for her and honor and honor her. I just don't know where to begin. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like so many dollhouses that are given to us, um, you know, it really is. It's like, it's, it's a part of your family history the story and, and, um, to receive something like that is is uh such an amazing and awesome responsibility. Um, and truly beautiful. I really like that process of it. And I feel um people who are turned on to like, you know, refurbishing their their grandparents' dollhouses, um, it's it's really a lot of it is reconnecting with with their um with their grandparents and and taking the responsibility on to to keep their story going. I really love that part of it. It's beautiful. And I think too when you're
0: growing up, right? Your parents are superheroes and your grandparents are next to gods most of the oh, time. Yeah. For most yeah. people. There's obviously exceptions. But <laughs> you get to our age and you realize that there are people with trauma and issues and all of that stuff as well. Yeah. And like, could you go like high school, college, and you're just kind of like, fuck everybody. And then you get over <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God. Like I was, I interviewed my grandma for the show just to have oh, her story. And awesome. yeah, it was beautiful. And I'm so grateful that I have that to have, and I was able to share it. And I, when I was doing research and I was talking to my mom about stuff with my grandma, when I realized the age that she was, that she was moving overseas with two children, she was my age. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God.
1: Isn't it wild? I think about that too. My mom was uh, 27 when she had me and I'm 36 now. I'm like, my God, at my age, like I, I would have had at least, if she had two kids at that point. And I'm just like, I can barely keep two pugs and a husband alive. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh, my clients I, keep asking me, they're like, when are you going to have another kid? And I said, are you going to pay for two in diapers and daycare or no? It, no? You don't want to do that? Okay. Then never mind. Get out my uterus. Well, and I wanted, it, so I was, as I, I was been thinking about this dollhouse and so let's speculate, maybe you've already thought of this. So it's the end of her life and the house is there yeah. and she's been gone for a while. Who is, who do you imagine is stumbling upon this house and discovering it and in, in this story in her life?
1: Yeah. So there are two stories that I think of that I'm drawing from when I imagine that. Um, and then one real one that I think of um, the real one is Great gardens. And I just, I just think that, you know, like the fact that we were able to like be let into their world is uh-huh. so incredible and beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the fiction pieces that I think about um, are a rose for Emily. So um, it's the, um, like kind of the townspeople, but more the, like the police, right. Who are coming in and who are surveying, you know, cause she had just passed away and, mm. and the whole town knows her story and that's how they stumble upon, you know, the things that they do. Um, so I imagine it's probably going to be like a first responder situation, but it is a small town. So every, that's kind of like, you know, the whole town kind of gets in. And then the, and with the idea of the whole town, and opening that that box, that secret box that everyone's been whispering about and all the kids have been like ding dong ditching for a while. And it's like, who's, you know, the Boo Radley in there? I think of um, We Have Always Lived in This Castle. Have you read that? It's. Amazing. I have
0: not read that, but it's making me think of this book I read. It was called Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. Ooh.
1: And it kind of has
0: the same thing where there's this empty like house building and there's like murders happening in the town, but the the little kids go in and they're looking through. And of course I read to kill a mockingbird and those things too. So it's that same, it's like the Sandlot mystique.
1: I am going to look that book up. I've never heard it. It's a a
0: young adult and it's really, it's, you know, it's just whimsy and it's a great, it's a great read. And it's like a series.
1: And like what you mentioned, like kids coming in, it's probably also one of those things. It's like, you know, kids that, that break in and they're looking around and, um, but so, uh, we have always lived in this castle is by, uh, Shirley Jackson who did like, um, uh, haunting of Hill house and, and all that oh, she's
0: in the yeah. lottery.
1: I'm going to add that uh, to my list. Yeah. So good. She's amazing. So I feel like she is very interested, especially like with the lottery in this one, she's really interested in, um, you know, like the town, like town people and how, um, we tend to others, uh, other others, mm. uh, and so, and we've always lived in the castle. Something had happened. It's this, it's like the very rich, wealthy, you know, house that's at, at the end of the street. Um, everyone else is is not as wealthy. And so they're always kind of like, you know, um, they're jealous and they're not one of them. And, um, but something had happened. And I don't want to say exactly what, but something tragic had happened in that house, uh, which uh, caused a, a number of the uh, family to die. Oh. And so that just exacerbated it. Right. And, um, so there, there are two girls that, um, that live there still, and their parents were part of the, the, her, their family that had died. They're still very young. Um, and over the course of the book, you, um, uh, the, the, it, the town is getting more and more just angry with them and riled up and like, and they're riling themselves up and eventually, and again, I don't want to ruin anything, but they're, they, um, uh, something happens like between <laughs> the town and them as like, I don't want to do any spoilers. No,
0: thank you. Thank but, you.
1: But um, eventually like they are, um, they no longer want to be anything. I don't, they don't want anything to do with the town. And so they lock themselves away into this house. And, um, and so I imagine like, you know, and they create this world between themselves um, and they just never, ever leave. Um, and the town, you know, after that had happened, like they're, um, the, cause it was like such a fever, uh, they feel really awfully about it, but they don't know how to, to really make amends. And so they, they leave, um, uh, you know, what do you do in the South? Leave them food. <laughs> just keep like, just piling all this food on their, on their doorstep as like, we don't know what to do, but so here's food and they just leave it there to rot. And so I imagine like, um, when the, when the girls finally pass and the town is then able to come into the house um, what can we see if we were part of the town going into the house, um, that was in, in response to how, um, the toxicity that we created, like, just broiled in the inside of the house, um, so that's what I think of, like, what, yeah, I love that you asked that question, because that is a big one, it's, like, what, um, if you were to walk into the house after that, what would you find, and what secrets that you might have romanticized, Mm. um, in reality what would that be like? Mm-hmm. It would probably be very real and not as, you know, um, romantic as you might think or spooky.
0: Yeah, and my brain is spinning cuz I'm snoopy by nature and I'm thinking <laughs> of myself opening that door, right, and it's covered in yeah. vines and trees and there's not really any light other than it's coming through the windows and my brain's like where am I going to go first? Like do yeah. I go up the staircase? Do I turn mm-hmm. into this? Do I where do I go, right? Yeah. Like where would you and go if I you were stumbling so, upon it
1: oh my gosh if i oh. um so so w- to that <laughs> there's something really interesting about the haunted house as like a character or trope in um like southern gothic or-, or gothic literature um things that are usually kept secret um are always in in, in the top like the attic of the house. So if you think of like flowers in the attic, mm-hmm. like the, the secrecy, like all those things would be up there. I'd be terrified to go up into the attic and see mm-hmm. what kind of secrets would be up there. So the, the higher places of the house, like her bedroom is in the, um, not quite the attic, but the top floor is where you'll see, um, you know, the, again, I've already mentioned what it was going to be, but a dead body in there. <laughs> um, and then like the, the more normal things are going to be, on the, on the ground floor and in the parlor, you're also going to see a lot of what, what someone is going to want to show to Mm. the world. Like what's the version of them that they want to present? And then what is the version of them that is actually hidden away and is real is going to be at the top. So I probably start at the bottom of the top.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, you know, as you're explaining that, I'm thinking of storytelling, right? You have the beginning and the description and then as you start to move through the novel and you rise, you get yeah. to the climax. And then, yeah, that is a lot of
1: locked away things, you know,
0: Jesus Christ, the amount of yeah. thought you have put into this dollhouse has oh, exceeded every imagination point we could have had.
1: Oh, thank you. I th- That stuff is always really, I've always dreamed of stumbling upon, you know, mm-hmm. maybe and me reading the kind of books that I did, but like opening up a trunk that has been locked away forever and finding someone's whole life in there. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why you like estate sales so much, right? It's like, what kind of treasures can you find yeah. that are so important tell a story? Well, yeah.
0: I think that's why everybody that's, well, I, I, this is pure speculation, right? It's a broad brush to paint with but I think everybody in the vintage and antique world hopes for you know oh, yeah. you open a diary and it's love letters from World War II like oh, yeah. I just bought a lot of diaries and it's this I was giggling because she has like four diaries and yeah. none of them make it past February <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's me. <too. laughs>
0: and it was in like the 50s and I was like girl I get it I get it and she's she was writing yeah. about her first date and she was like um, I could tell he wanted to kiss me, but he didn't. He's really shy. Like she's <laughs> describing it. <laughs> yes. So that was, and yeah. So I just, I think it is, I think it is innately human nature to want to find out who somebody was without asking them Yeah. to try and come to that conclusion. And then that gets us into muddy waters of gossiping and speculating and all of those things. Yeah. I see it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing of working in the beauty industry Girls and boys that are in middle school to just below high school, middle school to junior high, maybe sixth grade, sixth Mm -hmm. grade to ninth grade. Yeah. They come in and they think that the salon is a place that everybody just talks shit. Mm. Everybody gossips, you're getting all this when really it is it is generational work that people are working through and they come in and they sit in the chair depending on their relationship with the stylist of what they're working through.
1: It's therapy, girl. It really is. And stylists are so oftentimes too, um, like first responders for say like domestic abuse or violence or or things, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're the first to really see that stuff. Uh, Yes. The relationship with the stylist is a very sacred, beautiful relationship.
0: It is. And I feel um, the reason I got into the beauty industry was I grew up as a really like awkward duckling of a kid, right? I've always been well, now we all know, thanks to TikTok, probably ADHD, probably a titch of autism, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> all those things, right? And I talked to my mom about it. She goes, oh, I don't think so. And I was like, and then she's listing things. I'm like, definitely. But definitely. it's I went into it because I was like, I don't want anybody to not feel their worth. And because they're not conventionally pretty, they're not this, they're not that. Like people will come into my chair and the first thing they apologize for is, oh, I'm sorry I didn't put any makeup on today. And I'm like, girl, this is the perfect place to look like shit.
1: Uh-huh. Like, oh, I love that. Oh, I wish I lived
0: closer to you. I wish you were my stylist. <laughs> and, oh, thank you. My This is my career treatment. And then we'll get into the estate sale. My <laughs> career treatment was one of my clients sent me a screenshot from Reddit. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked, who in Idaho Falls is good at um, cutting non-binary or queer specific haircuts? And who would you recommend? And my name was on the list with upvotes. And I was like, Well yes! Oh, that's made it. If I don't do anything else in my career, that's where I want to be.
1: That is so cool to see. So
0: it's just thank you. It's just been wonderful, and yeah, it's oh my last question about the dollhouse. Mm -hmm. You are collecting other people's family secrets. Yes. (laughs) Please talk (laughs) about that, please.
1: Okay, Um, so I. When I started like the Instagram account, I was like, okay, well, I really would love the idea of like making a community, and and I um I had this book, I accidentally ordered two books of the same thing. Is a book by uh, Francis Glessner Lee, which you should absolutely check out. She's considered the godmother of modern forensics. Oh, and love she her! Created all of these uh, miniature crime scenes. Yes. Like, Yes. The the nutshell studies. Yeah. There's, they're amazing. Um, if you're listening, go immediately, like pause this, go Google her. She's incredible. Um, and so I got two of these books and and the books all go through each of those rooms and then show like the evidence that she was creating and then give you the story. So you can kind of try to figure it out for yourselves. Um, and I love her so much, but two of the same book, I was like, I need to, I need to give this away to somebody. And I was like, I guess I could do like a giveaway. And I was like, but I feel so, I feel so disingenuous to be like, follow the account and tell you, you know, I just didn't like, I was, I was like, uh, well, what can we do that benefits everybody with this? And I was like, if you could share, share a family secret. Cause I'm super curious and I think it'd be really great to be able to like, you know, pop some of those into the house. And, um, and a ton of people send in their family secrets, and so I would make it completely anonymous. I would just, you know, screenshot the message and pop it up. And so, if you go to um, my highlights, you'll find the family secrets, and all of them, them are in there. <gasps> and I, I picked um, ten of my favorites. I mean, they're all of them are really so good. I mean, they they ranged from. Um, oh, there was one where this woman, with, like her uncle. Had um confessed to her when he was a little bit drunk that he had uh murdered somebody and he was um a construction worker, like uh, he worked on the roads and he hid the body in a speed bump. And oh ever since I'm like, every time I go over a speed bump, I'm like, oh my God, is there a dead body? <laughs> um oh. so that was one. Um, there was another one where um this girl had told me that um So it was a, it was a cold case. It's like a 21 year old cold case. And her, um, I think it was her cousin um, went missing and just never came back. And they had no idea like where they went. Um, And so she told me the whole story and I, and I shit you not a week later, she, she, she messages me and she's like, look, um, I just had a detective come to the house asking me questions about my cousin. And, um, I just have I have this feeling, right? Cuz there was a body that was found, some bones that were found. Um and she's I'll, I'll keep you updated, but um the case is now reopened, so can you please take it down because it's now a live case. 21 years, right? Oh my it god. It it was. <gasps> it was. And they found the person and he's like in custody and it's just absolutely wild. So this cold case was solved during this time, like as oh we were right. God. Wild. So that one's in there. And then I'll say another one, but y'all should go look. Cause it's, it's just wild. Another one. Um, somebody is like, I got a lot of people whose family was um, in some way like kind of six degrees from um, like a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, it was, I think someone had set up um, their, it was like her father had set up his sister on a date with his friend and his friend was Ted Bundy. Oh my God. <laughs> and so um, there, he had, I guess, signed this card that they had all sent to to Bundy, I guess, while all this, like the stuff was going on, because they, they were like, oh, like, he, they really truly didn't know the right. kind of person he was. Um, and, um, so like when you look at the the documentary and it like shows this card, you see her dad's like signature on the car <laughs> is just, it's just crazy. Oh, I'll tell you one more. Cause this one is actually in my family. Um, another serial killer, six degrees of the, um, the Boston Strangler. Yeah. So are you familiar with mm-hmm. the Boston Strangler? So, I wasn't as hyper familiar until I listened to the morbid podcast version. Like, it's like a two or three parter. Amazing. It's, it's, they go into such deep detail with it. And he, you know, the, the stuff he would do was just horrible. And he did, he uh, targeted older uh, women. Um, and it's, this is my husband's uh, grandmother who was my, my mother in law said she was a mean woman, right? But apparently the Boston Strangler had come into her house and tried to do all that stuff. And she beat him up with her cane and he fled. He left out the window. But it was during that time, like that exact. And she was in Boston and he was trying to do all that stuff. So my. um, Holy shit. grandma beat up the Boston Strangler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So oh. go check them out. They're so good. They're so, so good. And I like to run these. I run, um, I run that, I'm going to start running one, that one every year. And then I run another that's um, uh, just tell me your real life um, scary stories. Ooh. Which I, I love too. So like the supernatural things that people have experienced. Um, so people come to me and, and now they just, they, they tell me and I collect them because uh. they're so interesting. I love
0: that. I'm looking up. I bought that book while you were talking, by the way. Oh, okay. It'll be here yeah. next week. There's a uh, book that I have to recommend, to. that's based on forensic anthropology,
1: uh-huh. and
0: it's called No Stone Unturned, and it's by Steve Jackson, okay. and it's long, but it is the timeline of how they started with what they do now with, like, ground-penetrating radar and discovering, like, if there's different plants growing on the dirt, they know how long ago it was disturbed.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah.
0: interesting. So I'm glad yeah. that you're on that train, I'm also. On to
1: one other thing, because now that you mentioned <laughs> that, um, that, that is an element of the house. So um, I was exploring, I was thinking through um, the color purple, which I really, you know, uh, so Alice Walker, mm-hmm. incredible. And I had been wondering about the purple flowers that the girls would, would be in. And so I started looking up the history of like um, periwinkle. Oh. And periwinkle in the South, um, you'll often find periwinkle um, on graves, right? Because it's like the pH of the soil. And so people actually, um, uh, archaeologists find uh, old enslaved people cem- cemeteries based on where they find periwinkle because um, a lot of the cemeteries they're unmarked um, and they're in they're hidden and so they're able to connect uh, ancestry in finding the periwinkle there's a there's um, a, a program called the periwinkle project that is all geared towards connecting um, uh, wow. black, black people of, of, of the south with their ancestry and, and making sure that they can be connected and I thought that was so beautiful and so I um, I'm i am thinking of like the telltale heart, right? Mm-hmm. Like how um yeah, I, I'm putting periwinkle throughout this house, like kind of coming out of the floorboards as wow. like a representation of um of um uh, the, the people of that area that were, I mean just, you know, obviously the South was not um hospitable to many people, but um thinking through how it like the perseverance of wow. That ancestry in the house. I just thought that was gorgeous. You have to write a book about this house. I'm going to. Yes. Okay. I'm like. I have to, I have to write it. I down, will drive know? to San Francisco <laughs> and slap you if you would have said no because. I gotta put all my ideas in like one little spot because mm-hmm. you're right. It's I um they're all over the place, but it would be awesome to to put them all in a book.
0: You have to. I mean, it's incredible, the journey you've taken us on with
1: this. Wow. Wow. Thank you. There's so much to explore, man. It's it's been super fun. I know. Now you're going to find me in your
0: DMs all the time going, wait a minute. Is this what I see right there?
1: Let's be friends. Yes.
0: Always. Well, now I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for weird miniature shit when I'm out and just be like, hey look at
1: this and I will too let me know what kind of miniatures you're into and I'll, I'll keep my papers out because I mean I'm telling you I, I see that stuff all the time
0: <laughs> literally yeah. I could have you on for a million more hours to ask you about this dollhouse <laughs> I want you to use this time to let our listeners know where to find you important things all of that
1: yeah absolutely so I'm on Instagram and TikTok now because I am a millennial who discovered TikTok recently at Southern Gothic same dollhouse. yes um, so right now, I would really love to share with everyone, um, especially for Pride Month, but, but also not for Pride Month, um, I'm working with a, a nonprofit called Southern Equality Studios um, for the Campaign of Southern Equality. And I am working with a lot of the artists who are, who identify as queer, who are artists who they're credible, and we are going to sell some of their work, some of my work, and I never sell, <laughs> never sell my stuff. Um, but I, I love the idea of supporting this group. Um, I've, I've ch- sat and chat with them uh, every week for a couple of weeks now, just to, to get to know them. And Uh, They're amazing and and their initiative is important. So uh, we're about to sell and auction some of our stuff if you want to tune in and uh, sell to support them. Yeah. Yeah. We will actually, we'll put that link in Mm -hmm. our link tree
0: in the bio of our Instagram. If you click that link tree, right while you're listening right now, go click that, check it out, go auction for a fantastic cause because that's incredible. We'll of course have that linked on the website also, all of those important things.
2: Yeah. All All right, right. Let's just do it. Are you ready, Jill? I hate it so much, but let's just do it. It's
0: Jill's favorite part of the show. For those of you that are new here to the Mothball Prophecies, each week, I, alone, without Jill, write an a a imaginary estate <laughs> It is. it is, get Jill with this, um, it's an imaginary antique store walkthrough, estate sale walkthrough, yard sale walkthrough, all of those things. So each one is completely manufactured. The items could or could not be very real, especially for this one. And they are generally based around some of the guests' favorite things. The only catch is during each scenario, you can only pick one of the items you're responsible for finding your own loopholes. Got it? I have yet to find a fucking loophole. Sorry, Jill. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Today's Estates All Walkthrough takes us to a darling antique shop in Texas, your home state. We are looking for dollhouse inspiration, but also we're here to buy some shit. I mean, of course. All right walking into the loaded shop the first thing we notice is a large display of halloween decorations taking up an entire booth all
1: right
0: picking through the booth
2: (laughs) you not yet you don't wait for it wait for it don't get ahead of yourself
0: (laughs) picking through the booth do you pick vintage metal noisemakers paper pulp pumpkins or cats or vintage honeycomb bisel
1: die cuts What is the last thing? So do you see the skeleton up here? Yes. Okay. What era is it from? Is it from the six? Whatever
2: you want. That's the thing. um (laughs) Jake's.
1: um there is there's a halloween decoration uh company that was very popular in in the 50s 60s I that one i'm also open to 30s the older the better mm-hmm. um but i like 60s and i like 30s so i would i would think about that first and what was the second option because that sounded
0: <laughs> so there's paper pulp which is like the paper pulp jack-o'-lanterns cats heads different things like that like paper mache mm-hmm. type things or metal noisemakers from let's mm-hmm. put a name on it 20s to 50s the,
1: the paper products from the 30s or 60s. There you that go. would be. I would be all over that. Mm-hmm. Yep. What are you I picking, it? Sam?
0: I'm looking at looking at you for assurance because aren't you proud? I wrote this one. I am proud, because knowing how much I love Halloween. I know. Oh, uh, this is hard. Halloween isn't it the best? It's, what are you guys
1: doing for Halloween this year? Um, it's, I want to go. go and it's time to think about it.
0: <laughs> I want to go as with my husband and me and my son as Shrek and Donkey and Fiona. Yes. Is
1: my goal. We were yeah. gonna do it last oh,
2: that's year. That's a good one. Something like that. I love that. it. I
1: love know. it. Halloween's Halloween. my
2: favorite. I have Halloween weeks on me so fast because I'm busy with soccer and work. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I gotta buy candy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I also have currently, because COVID took all of my fucks, I have a four season skeleton that lives in my front yard. Her name's Meredith. All right. She's currently dressed for summertime. She's gonna get put out this evening. She's in a bikini. <laughs> Um, Very bashful. And I have pumpkin, jack-o'-lantern, candy pail planters that are around I love it. Yard. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right. So I'm going to pick, um, it, this is difficult because they're all on my list of things to do. I am going to pick only because of their rarity and I don't have anything like it in my collection. I have some of the other ones is the paper pulp stuff. Oh, oh yeah. It. I figured you'd
2: pick yeah. that one. I'm going to like. go the vintage honeycomb die cuts. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. All right. Next, yep. we stop at a booth that has some killer items related to, you guessed it, miniatures. Overnight. But it's very particular ones. Do you choose a full articulated human skeleton miniature? Okay.
2: A I ta- was like, is
0: it real? <laughs> <type-ish, right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Because I'm like, yeah, well, yeah that. Uh, a taxidermied bear miniature or uh-huh. miniature wet specimens that cross the line of human and animal?
1: Oh yeah, but that for sure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, she
0: didn't even sure. like have to. Think I just about. I
1: just three D printed a lot of these like little mini oh skeletons. Oh my god! I remembered it after line. I wrote
0: it, and I was like, "She has access yeah. to articulation." Oh my god! Shit. Look at this, look wow. this. oh.
1: Um. But yes, absolutely that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, did you say they're vintage? Of course. Yes. Because oh my god, yes. who's making vintage miniature wet specimens? Mm. That never happens. Right. I, that's I, where I, the make believe part you, of
2: it came. Why didn't you do that, people? Yeah. Thanks. I'm,
0: I'm going to go for the bear, the bear, the bear. I am also going to go for the wet specimens. Cause how cool <laughs> would those be? Of course, because Me we're two little weirdos. Fine. Last stop is a little different. Next door to the antique store is a house plant store and we can't help but look inside. Behind the counter set up in all of their glory are two highly sought after house plans. Do you pick the variegated Albo Monstera or the pink princess philodendron?
1: A pink princess philodendron. It's, it's all much Monstera. More... Oh, yeah. I'm also going with the Monstera. I already have three specimens of Monstera. Oh,
2: you are. <laughs> I can't win them all.
0: Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sitting down with us yes, today and thank sharing. You. Thank
1: you, ladies. It's been so wonderful. You guys are such a joy. <laughs> oh, well, thank <laughs> you. We try. We <laughs> tried. Appreciate chatting with y'all. It's been so yeah, fun. Yeah, no,
2: thanks for taking the time. Yeah, we had a blast.
0: Be sure to stay tuned for this week's Curio Corner where we dive a little bit deeper into the items we talked about today in Lauren's episode. Well, we can just go ahead and say goodbye to all of the extra wall space in my house now.
2: <laughs> like, as we we're talking, I was just like, oh, oh. I see, I can see the wheels in your head just to spin and, mm-hmm. and as she's like listing where she gets her, I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm.
0: well I did while we were talking to her, I went and bought the book of the woman that let that she made the tiny little crime scenes and that just <laughs> showed up in the mail today that showed up and also side plug, my Rademacher Revival t-shirt showed up today so i'm excited to wear it it's a really great quality i'm excited i got in on that
2: yes and dave
0: was doing this thing where it was like if you could do your best impression of me post it and so i've been thinking of what i could (laughs) do to (laughs) impersonate him oh
2: yeah you gotta make a good one i gotta go
0: buy flip-flops if i'm gonna do that
2: yeah yeah i mean You have to.
0: Anyways, and then the other um, exciting thing that happened, Lauren and her hubby were headed to their Cape Cod house. And while they were there, her husband like almost cut his fingers off. He was fixing a window and the glass came down. (gasps) across his digits. Oh my God. And Lauren made this comment about saying like the, the ghosts were not happy that we were taking down the wallpaper. And they said, well, maybe this offering will appease them and they'll leave you alone. Now that you left a blood sacrifice. Oh Lord. Yeah. And this, this curio is not real curio heavy. We covered a lot in Lauren's episode, but a lot of it we just hashed out during the episode.
2: Yeah. I mean, she, she was doing our curio for us. Thanks. Like it was funny too, because during, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah.
0: We had our list. We always, Jill always takes a very dubious list. She writes everything down while we're recording. And we were looking it over and we were like, Oh no, there's like some links we got to put up, but (laughs) I was like,
2: Yeah, I know, guys. But we did. So we did talk about the one dollhouse museum that she ran across. Yeah. And it was called Angel's Attic. And um, so I found this on Wikipedia because it's closed permanently. So there wasn't like a lot on it. Um, So the museum was of dollhouses, toys and miniatures that was located in Santa Monica, California, and it was established in 1984 by Jackie McMahon. Um, and she was a longtime collector, and her business associate was Eleanor Lavoie uh, and she was a former fashion editor.
0: Whoa!
2: Yeah, so that was cool. So McMahon and Lavoy uh, had begun began a background or a backyard dollhouse exhibition in 1974 to raise fund for a special education school attended by McMahon's granddaughter. The annual exhibitions later moved to the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium and drew thousands of visitors, which I did not know there would be so many people that love tiny. Like, they're cute. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They're adorable. I would lose them. Yeah. They would, they would be under my feet.
0: Yeah, they're Worse than Legos. <laughs> Dollhouse
2: miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in 1981, they bought a rundown Queen Anne style house in downtown Santa Monica, which had been built in 1895. Huey, um, and it moved to its present location in 1924. Later subdivided into apartments, and allowed to um, deteriorate. Oh. They spent most almost a year restoring the house, and it opened in 1984, and then. Sadly, the museum closed permanently in April
0: 2017.
2: Oh. But I mean, from 1984 yeah. to 20s, that, that's saying something. That is
0: so cool that they, first of all, that started with the special education aspect.
2: Mm-hmm. And- like just doing something to raise money. Oh. See?
0: We were um, at the DI today and there was like, you, so sometimes you come across those shadow boxes that have the miniatures
2: in it. Oh, I know which one you're talking mm-hmm. about because I thought too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always like I just usually take those apart to take the miniatures. I saw
2: that and I was like, hmm. mm-hmm. I could see Sam grabbing this.
0: Yeah, Melissa saw it and she turned it towards me and she goes, raised her eyebrows, "You want it?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I don't need it. Thank you." Although I was, I had a swing and a miss the other day. I went to the goodwill, made a little, a little pass, fast pass before I had to go get my son, and I was standing in line, and it was like my own voice echoing from two people behind me. And I, all I heard, because I had one headphone in, and all I heard was, yeah, it's uranium glass. And I turned my head because I missed it, right? Yeah. And she's doing what I do when somebody says, What is that? And I go, Oh, it's uranium glass. And she's going, Yeah, this is probably from like the 30s to 40s. It glows under a black light. And I turned around with my black light keychain. And she literally is like point, set, match, gets a fucking black light mag light out. It's like seven (laughs) inches. And she just goes, oh, I got one. Clicks that fucker on and puts it underneath that vase. And her and I, we was like dueling uranium glass knowledge. And I was so pleased. (laughs) then the checker was like, I'm ready for you. (laughs) Like next Mm -hmm. lady. I was just like filled with pride. pride and also mad. Mad. Yeah.
2: Where, like, what did it look like? Was it?
0: Um, it was definitely looked like Fenton esque. It had that really, like, fluted top, almost like the oh. it starts with the J. I can't think of what it's called, but it was really skinny, uh huh, like Bud vase with the fluted top. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was, oh,
2: yeah, See, that's something I just like, do 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 do. And I looked at the vases, but I was also talking to somebody
0: on the phone, which fucking messed me up.
2: I know. Well, that, um, so I went a couple days ago and I was. So I always go by the plates, kind of just peruse, and then you turn the corner and I immediately go and see if there's like any depression glass or Pyrex or anything. And I'm like, "Eh, there's nothing there. (laughs) And I turn around and there's three Cinderella bowls, the brown, Uh, I don't remember the name of it. And I was like, oh, mine. I got it. It's mine. It's mine. Do you do the thing where you
0: look around and you're wondering if anybody saw your yes! win? Where you're like, did you? I
2: was wondering if somebody's gonna, like going to come behind me and like jump me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that almost <laughs> happened. Do you want to talk about your
2: win? Oh, so guys, this is the win. I don't think I'll ever find this again. No, never. So there was a wonderful estate sale that Linda was having and I could not make it. Mm-hmm. It was like my dream estate sale. So I wasn't... so. I had to be at work by 12 today. So I left the house. I was angry and bitter. So I went to the thrift stores thinking this will make me feel better. The
0: soothing balm of thrift.
2: Yeah. So I went to the DI and I found a giant pink depression glass platter. So I was like, all right, we'll take that one. Thank you. And then I went to the Goodwill and there were so many people there. And I'm like, what is going on? It is never this busy at like 11 o'clock. So I do my usual peruse, glassware, all that find a couple things. And then um, lately I've been going by the wallets and purses because of Erin, feral cat, she had found that Kate Spade brand mm-hmm. new. So I was looking and I had actually found this like really cute zipper pouch for my iPad. And underneath it was another wallet, but underneath that was a very specific wallet <laughs> that I hurried and grabbed. And I looked at, and I thought it was a fake because it mm-hmm not sure because it's at the goodwill
0: right and generally if they see something like this it does not end up it. in the local store
2: yeah so we uh, I have a friend Eunice who is very knowledgeable in this brand so I sent her a picture she was like "Ooh, I don't know but you better grab it and I said okay I'll grab it <laughs> guys do you know what I grabbed a Louis Vuitton wallet I
0: when Jill showed it before we started recording I was like shut the fuck up it's in like near perfect condition it's
2: in like near perfect condition and Eunice she knows what she's looking for when she is trying to spot a fake from the real one so I (laughs) bought it because I was like okay I mean even if it is a fake it's really cute Mm -hmm. I'll use it Mm -hmm. so I buy it I go (laughs) to work (laughs) I like throw it on her desk I was like do your work she's like She looked at it. She emailed a friend who actually has connections with um, Louis Vuitton, the company. Mm -hmm. And so he looked up the lot number because there's uh. so in every Louis Vuitton, there's a lot number in it and it will tell you where it was made and what the date it was made. And I, it had that in there and he said he couldn't find the lot number, but he said, that doesn't mean it's not fake. He's like, everything else looks real. He's like, I am pretty sure that is a real wallet. From Louis Vuitton he's like it might be a limited edition and they probably only made a handful and that lot number never got in because on the inside it is printed where because on the inside they always print where where it was made Louis Vuitton Paris guys do you want to know how much it paid for it oh god like I said this may never ever happen in my lifetime again so it was 50% off date at the Goodwill which is why it was slammed busy why yes why it was slammed busy I paid a whopping 99 cents.
0: I, great. If you have some fanfare, some <laughs> applause music to put right here, Yay! because that is the find of the cent. Ninety
2: nine cents.
0: We I, don't even talk- well, and then you had like little sharks swimming around you hoping. Yes. You- I had a
2: cute little lady behind me because she saw me grab it. And she, I, cause I held it up. I was like, there's no way this is a real one. And like, so I threw it in my cart, and I was texting Eunice, like sending her pictures. I was like, "What do you think?" And she was like, "Ooh, I don't know. Maybe she just buy it anyways." I was like, "All right." And as I'm texting her, this what another lady circles and then backs up <laughs> and like kind of, she's like kind of like looking to see what it is. So I just immediately put it under my arm, like mm-hmm. so nobody can grab it, and I hurry and checked out. Yeah, and then I ran to my car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like I don't want to fight anybody but I will.
2: No. I just yeah, and I was and I was joking. I said if this baby's real, I'm totally going to sell it. And then I got to thinking, "No. <laughs> I can't sell it. This is the only time I will ever be able to have Louis Vuitton because there's no way in hell I'm going to pay the real price." Right? I like lo- yeah, I love that it's a
0: Goodwill Louis Vuitton. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. I know. I'm so proud.
2: <laughs> I know. I was just I like I just like that high was so high. I was just like, I was like, thanks, universe. That was super nice of you. Thank you. (laughs) Bowing, kissing (laughs) the asphalt outside of the Goodwill. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Well, and then I'm pretty sure that there was a Louis Vuitton bag that was there because there was two women talking and this woman had her basket like filled to the brim. And her, she looked at her friend. She's like, "Oh, you know what you're looking for? Will you tell me if this is authentic?" And the woman said, "Yes, this is authentic, and you need to go check out right now." Oh! And I heard it, and I was like, "Ooh, what'd you get?" Oh, good for you! Like I was trying to look, and all I could see was like brown leather. Oh god! And then when I found that, I was like, "Holy
0: fuck!" Then you're like, "That
2: was probably a Louis Vuitton bag."
0: Running back to her like a track athlete, steal it from her cart. (laughs) Give me that bag. It matches my clutch. <laughs> Did I? I don't know if I told you. I, the other day, I had I'd gone to the grocery store and then I was like, I'll go to the Goodwill because they're right next to each other. And I walked out of the grocery store and there was violin music really loud. And I was like, what's happening? And I always, music like that always makes me emotional. I'm an emotional person to begin with. I don't need a lot of help to cry. It just happens. And I'm walking across the parking lot, overalls, Crocs, hat, crying. Cause the person's playing Evanescence on the violin and I'm like, Oh my God. And then I could see it's like a father and son and he has a sign that's basically like, I need help to buy groceries for my four kids. Whether that's true or not, I was like the showmanship is worth my money alone. And so I got in my car and I wanted to get closer to take a video and I like see them and I saw the sign. I was like, okay, now I have to give them money. And I got to hear them play. And then I parked at the Goodwill. When I got out at the Goodwill, I could still hear it. And I was just bawling in my car. Just like, it's so beautiful. I'm such an easy cry. But it was just like (laughs) those moments that remind you of like the simplest bits of humanity.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I when I saw that video, I was just like, oh, I would have sat there like all day. Mm I'd have been that weirdo that just like sat there and be like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. again again Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I was like so bad I was walking through the parking lot like not really paying attention I was like focus this is a very busy parking (laughs) lot you can't just be like sea sirens being pulled into the (laughs) O'Reilly's that's where they were in front of (laughs) O'Reilly's what are you playing yeah I hope you know the summer the summer is young yard sale season is young I have been watching Facebook fervently for things in estate sales and have found some great uh, little creeper
2: estate sales yeah, you found some good ones. Wow, I keep forgetting because I have Thursday mornings off to like luck. Yeah, from now on mean, I will tell you. Yeah, because growing up, your sales were Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. but here it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah,
0: it's very strange.
2: Yeah, it throws me off, and every time you tell me about this, I'm like, "Gosh, Nothing damn
0: it. happens on Sunday in no. where we live." <laughs> if in case you guys are wondering.
2: Unless Linda has a lot of stuff and she needs a box it, bag it, drag it mm-hmm. sale.
0: Then it's there. Yeah. Then it's on site to get some teaks. Well, yeah. I'll have to remember that. Um, because of the situation with going on with my son, I will have more free time to go pickens. So I will have Fridays free
2: for estate sales. Oh, well, I'm just going to give you like an allowance. <laughs> every week. To find stuff for you. Yeah. You'll be like, I- you know what I want. So.
0: Yeah. I got to get me a cart. One of those flea market carts. Oh, yeah. Or like a flea market backpack. An Ikea bag works really well, also.
2: Yeah, it does. I usually stuff rags in it, too, that mm-hmm. way, because I always go for the glass. Yeah. So I kind of.
0: Oh, yeah. Here's your this is piggybacking off of Megan Goods Resurrected. Here's your vintage tip of the week. If you know you're going to go out picking and buying and you know there's not going to be things to wrap your stuff in, take blankets. I keep a furniture blanket in my car and some foam rags like Jill said if uh the DI or the goodwill offers you paper just say i'll take it and wrap it in my car and keep that paper in your mm-hmm. car um and ikea bags and then look while you're out for like the the foldable shopping baskets
2: yes that's on my list i want one of those
0: i will keep i think the one that i found was like a promotional item i saw them in like the u line catalog oh. and i was like that's a big swing to give away but okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> sure <laughs> Why not? Also, the new mothball totes on the Patreon are big enough to haul some shit. Yeah, they are, guys. Yeah, they're bigger than the original ones. They have nice canvas straps. They're so beautiful. Um, But that is everything for Miss Lauren's curio corner be sure to go to our instagram post today to see her posts on instagram we will also have all of her links listed on our website themothballprophecies.com you'll be able to find her tiktok instagram they also just created a new account for their house called the devil's purse and that's for the house (laughs) in cape cod i love it so yes please go look at all of those things right now we'd like to take this time to thank our wonderful patrons and we have a couple of additions that we're just thrilled about every time we get that notification we're just (laughs) like so humbled thank you so much to
2: thanks everyone thank
0: you to katrina in arizona emily in nevada erin in wisconsin
2: rj in florida crystal in nevada gina in south carolina julia in sweden jasmine in kentucky kyla in indiana javier shanna mandy and riley in california lisa erin tc lionel melissa christina erica becky and
0: ashley in idaho a gigantic thank you to our wonderful team gray
2: for making us sound like we know what we're doing and for spellcheck for helping us look good on paper that's right as
0: always we hope that you find some good shit
2: And I hope you're remembering to look under the tables.
0: And at the purses at Goodwill.
2: At the purses (laughs) and wallets. Bye. See ya.